Hello, I'm Dwayne McCurry. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible. Thank you for joining us today for our podcast. Today, I'm being joined once again by Mike Livingston. Mike, thank you for being with us today. Glad to be here. Uh, today, we're looking at session 12, which is an, an examine, we're examining Ephesians 5, 22 through 6, 4, which talks about family relationships. And, and Paul's trying to help his readers understand that we should demonstrate God's love in our family relationships. He, first of all, Paul talks to the wives in verses 22 through 24. Uh, he addresses all Christian wives, and he calls on them to submit to their own husbands. We're going to talk more about that in just a minute. Um, he pointed to the local church submitting to the headship of Christ as the standard. He then turns his attention to husbands in verses 25 through 33, calling on them to love their own, their own wives, and he points to Christ and his sacrifice on the cross as a standard for men. He then, in chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, addresses children, calling on them to honor their parents, and he reminds his readers of the Old Testament command, pointing out that God promised blessings on those who honor their parents. Then lastly, he talks to and addresses parents in chapter 6, verse 4, fathers in particular here, uh, calling on them to demonstrate godly discipline and wisdom to their children. We're to as parents, we're to train our children in God's ways. You have all kinds of things uh, in this passage, Mike. You've got marriage, you've got parenting, uh, you've got uh, all kinds of things. Uh, I think it'd be safe for us to say that this is probably one of the most abused and misused sections in all of Ephesians. I would not argue with that. Um, what are some of the abuses of this passage? How should we... should what should we be careful of when teaching this session? You know, we always talk about how context is key. And that is so true when you look at this passage. Being true to the context, well, I, hopefully it'll help us to avoid some of the abuses of the passage. So what's the context here? Well, well one is the, it's the context of marriage. He's, Paul is addressing husbands and wives. So he's not, he's not addressing men and women in general. He's not saying all women must submit to every man. Uh, it's not all women must be, in subjective, uh, must be in subjection to all men in every situation. He's, Paul is talking about a wife who chooses willingly to submit to her husband. So the context is one of husbands and wives, and it's Christian husbands and wives. So the context also is, is that of the gospel, you look at the whole structure of Ephesians uh, and how this fits into Ephesians, you know, chapters one through three, Paul talked about the new life that we have in Christ in chapters four through six, what it means to live out that new life in Christ. So because who, of who we are in Christ, we live, we choose to live a certain way. So the context of this passage on marriage is, is the context is, is Christian marriage. Of course, Paul's writing to believers and his discussion is about husbands and wives who have submitted to Christ and how they relate to one another because they've submitted themselves first to Christ. So I, I think, having said all that, I, I think the struggle that many have with the passage here probably relates to the idea of submitting, for honest. I think, I think that's, that causes some problems for some of us but we have to just remind ourselves that the whole of, of the Christian life is about submission. The whole of the Christian life is, is about submission. 
Uh, and Paul's already addressed this in, in some ways. In Ephesians 5.18, it's submission to the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. And the, the way to be filled with the Spirit is to submit to Him. In verse 21 of chapter 5, he talks about submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. And then here in verse uh, Ephesians 5.25, how the husband submits to Christ and he loves his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. So the idea behind both love and submission is the same. It's to give oneself up for somebody. And both husbands and wives are called to give themselves in, in self-giving love to one another. So when we see the gospel or the cross as the backdrop of this passage about marriage, it, it will help us to prevent many abuses of it. If a husband is loving his wife the way it's talked about here, where he's willing to sacrifice his life for her, which could mean sacrifice almost not just his life, but career, whatever it is, be willing to love her on that level, then submission to someone who loves you that way um, is is a little bit easier. Yes. Um, the the to me, I think a bigger issue here is not so much wives submitting, but husbands loving their wives in such a way so they earn the right to be submitted to. Mm -hmm. They they they're always acting in the best interest of their wife and family first. Yes. Um, now I know there's some wives who could be in abusive situations. Um, are there any resources out there that we could point to that may help someone know how to deal with those kind of situations? Well, we know, we know that uh, abuse happens in church families. It happens. And somewhere, somewhere in the vicinity of where your church sits is a woman who is being abused by her husband, and maybe it's even someone in your church. And I think there are a number of things that we, we can do. I, certainly, you know, we need in our churches to create the kind of community uh, in, in our churches and in our Bible study groups that the kind of community that's willing to love and help any woman who's in abusive kind of relationship. And we need to be willing to address the issue in our churches and, and call call it what it is. It's an evil. Abuse is, is an evil. And we need to learn and educate ourselves on the complexity of the issues and, and what resources are available in, in our communities. And so you ask about resources and, yeah. and where we can go. There is a, a fairly new resource um, that you can find online uh, at a website, churchcares.com, one word, churchcares. No spaces. No space, just one word, churchcares.com. And it's a, it's a free um, uh, curriculum. It's video-based, and uh, it's, 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 uh, the name of it is Becoming a Church That Cares Well for the Abused. This is something that's, that uh, is being done by Southern Baptists yes. too, correct? Yes, and it's, it's fairly new. And so I would recommend uh, looking at that, going through that. I think it's a 12-week uh, study uh, that's free. Well, that's good. That's good. Looking back at this, the, the, the responsibility of husbands, uh, sometimes it, it, we confuse love and rule. What's the difference between those two issues of loving and ruling? The difference between loving and ruling. You know, I think about, um, when you ask that, I think about Jesus' uh, discussion with his disciples when a dispute arose among them about who should be considered the greatest and, and what he said to them. 
He said the, uh, the, king, the, the kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, but that's not how it should be among you. Whoever's the greatest among you should be like the youngest and whoever leads like the one serving. So I, I think that kind of addresses even this issue, uh, the difference between love and rule. It's, it's the contrast between those who want to flaunt their authority or those who expect to be served and those who assume a servant attitude. Moving on to the, to the section about children, with us being adults and this Bible study uh, being uh, designed for adults, a question that we have to ask is, how do we honor our parents even when we are adults ourselves? Yeah, Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, children obey your parents because this is right, uh, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right, and honor your father and mother. And he uses, you notice, he, Paul uses two different words there. There's the word obey and there's the word honor. And there's a difference between obeying and honoring. To obey, to obey means you do as you're told, but to honor means you value, you, you respect. So children who are living under their parents' roof, they're to obey their parents. They're to do as they're told. But the command to honor that's, that, that is a command that, that is for life, okay? No matter how old you are, uh, as an adult child, we are to honor our parents. Does and, it matter about the character of our parents in this? Uh, I, I don't, uh, not necessarily, no, no, no. Uh, in, in fact, you know, valuing, I think valuing your parents, um, I, I know for me it's something that has grown with age, <laughs> uh, that the older I, the older I got, the more I valued them. That I saw uh, the value uh, in 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 how they raised me. Um, you know, the, the Bible even talks about one way that we honor our parents, our aging parents as adult children, is by we we care for them, we we provide for them when they can no longer care for themselves. And, you know, there's places, you know, Paul talked about that in 1 Timothy 5. Jesus even addressed that in Mark chapter 7. We see this warning as well in verse 4 about fathers uh, not provoking their children. Um, can we still violate that as adults? Uh, the, yeah. The, so it's a warning too for us as yeah, adults. Yeah, it is. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children. He, 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 and Paul said the same thing in Colossians. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so they don't become discouraged. When he talks about children there, the, word, the, word, the Greek word that Paul uses for children in this passage, it can include adult children. Uh, and there's no reason that this word for children that Paul used couldn't refer to grown-up children. And we know that fathers in the world where Paul lived, they exercised authority over their family well into their old age or even until death. But Paul's focus in this verse, um, in Ephesians 6, 4, however, seems to be young children since he talks about bringing them up as, as though they're still in the process of learning and being molded and, and shaped so your question, uh, going back to your question, though, the, can parents drive adult children to, to exasperation or resentment? And the experience of many adults I know tells me yes. <laughs> uh, they, yes. So how do we, as, a, as parents of adult children, how do we heed this warning uh, not to exasperate our children or to stir up anger in them? Many of the things that exasperate younger children continue to exasperate adult children. 
that is, is the same things exasperate us as children, no matter what our age. And so I think, you know, one, one thing here for us as parents of, of grown up children is we, we still need to pay attention to our words. Words matter at any age. Words matter. And a parent who has a habit of criticizing or belittling a child or making even, even that adult child feel inadequate, that just sucks the life right out of, a, of, of an individual. Yeah, we want to know that our parents love us no matter how old we are. No matter how old we have that need. And we can also uh, heed Paul's warning here by, and this is one thing that I, that's really important, it's really important as we get older, is agreeing with our grown children on boundaries and respecting those boundaries. It seems to me that unhealthy or blurred or undefined boundaries are the cause of a lot of resentment and exasperation uh, with children and, and their parents. When, when children mature into adulthood, the relationship of the parent and child needs to mature too. And when it doesn't mature, the boundaries get blurred and the result is resentment and anger. One of the challenges that people may face with this lesson, some of the leaders will face, is that they're going to have folks in their group who are single or who are widows or widowers or divorced or who never had children. Regardless, they still have family members who are married. Um, they still have the standard to uphold uh, in society. They still relate to nieces and nephews and cousins and all kinds of people. Um, so there's still relationships where they can uphold this standard. So I would encourage you, uh, if, you've te if you're teaching a group uh, that's, that's dominated by people who are either widows or widowers or, or single, to keep in mind that this, these principles still apply for all of us because we still have the standard to uphold in our communities. We look forward to teaching this lesson ourselves. Thank you for, for tuning in today. Once again, would remind you, of the blog that we have uh, that's available. It carries some other ideas, some helpful things, uh, some thoughts on each, each week's lesson. You can go to blog.lifeway.com forward slash explore the Bible, and you'll find a weekly article that we think will help you. Thank you much, and God bless.